What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, March 19th, 2015. You guys listening to episode 202. Um, great episode for you guys. A lot of great, crazy stories that I think you guys will love and appreciate. I uh, just got back yesterday late from uh, Texas. I was at the uh, South by Southwest uh, comp, uh, or fest, Music Film Festival Interactive, and I was there, obviously, for the comedy part, and uh, got in late because of all the delays. Uh, little did everybody flying to New York yesterday know that JFK is doing construction on multiple runways, so there was like one runway for every fucking plane, and there was traffic over New York uh, because of that, so I didn't even have the equipment to do my podcast, and by the time I got back, it was late, so that's why I'm here doing it now, episode 202, got a great one for you guys, this will be available today, uh, right when I'm done, so uh, you will get this uh, Thursday night, so um, it's all good, man, I'm excited, I'm excited about this one, because I got some good stories, some scary stories, some cool stuff, but I will fill you guys in, but first, as always... The Verzi Effect Podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. Um, some great comedians. The site is always growing, and uh, people always, um, you know, tell me about like how the interviews they they do are great. The comedians that I know do it. I know um, ex-porn star Aaliyah Janine. Um, you know, she's a comedian now, she just did it, she loved it, and Dave Gavry, funny up-and-coming comedian out there from um, Chicago, runs the site, and he's been doing a great job with it, and it's really growing, so, uh, and also, um, I have uh, some other sponsors that should be coming aboard to help out, but uh, Gonzo Fame, man, they've been uh, great to me, and uh, I love, uh, I love what they do. You know, comedians like Doug Stanhope and, you know, Ralphie May and, uh, you know, Joe, my buddy Joe Matarese did it. Uh, I have a piece on there and um, just a lot of different uh, comedians that you'll learn something that you did not know. So please check out gonzofame.com. Okay, um, now, it's been a crazy week for me, uh, a lot of traveling and um, it was really weird how it all went down, but... Pretty interesting stuff, so I will uh, start. I'll explain this to you. We got, um, obviously, some unacceptables. I mean, where I was, I could have like 80 of them. So <laughs> we'll just get into it, but holy shit, man. So all last week before I went to Austin, um, I was sick. I was really sick. I think you guys remember on the podcast last time I wasn't feeling well. I was just kind of like, man, what's going on? And luckily, like... Literally, like, like 24 hours before I had to fly out there, like, I, I started to feel well enough to where I was like, okay, at least I could probably perform. I performed out in, uh, oh, by the way, shout out to everybody who came out to uh, the show that I did uh, in Latham, New York. And uh, shout out to Greg Adelia, um, who ran the show, but uh, for the Brouhaha Comedy Showcase, which I did the night before I flew out to South by Southwest. It's one of the longest running shows in New York. I believe Spin Magazine said something about it. It's like, um, I don't know, nine years running and he's been doing it, I don't know, maybe six times, five, six times a year. And it's always in the Albany area. And this was in Latham. 
and um, man, sold out, 250 people, small room, packed out, amazing crowd, had such a good time, and uh, was able to perform there, a little under the weather, but next day, I had to go out to uh, South by Southwest, and I was flying out there with uh, Steve Mazzilli, man, who's been amazing to me, Steve Mazzilli owns... Gotham Comedy Club, um, Levity Live, and uh, he's been great to me in my career, and just a just a, a dear friend outside of comedy, and uh, we were flying out there together to South by Southwest, and uh, I'm not even going to lie or try to, you know, make this funny, I'm just going to tell you what happened and, and how scary it was, alright, First of all, fuck United Airlines. I'm done with United. I'm done with Delta. I'm done with all these airlines that don't have fucking TVs. There's no entertainment. And they act like the Wi-Fi. You know, they act like the Wi-Fi and the cheese box is enough. Okay? It's not enough. All right? Wake up. It's 2015. Okay? That's that's the un- that's going to be my unacceptable for the week. All right? That as a matter of fact, yeah, that's going to my unacceptable for the week is is actually going to be this whole first part of this podcast. All right, I got another one. You know, I saw a lady walking eight dogs today. That was going to be it. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm calling an audible right now from the line of scrimmage here, and I have a new uh, unacceptable. All right, because it's ridiculous. Now, we go out to Newark. Our flight's supposed to leave. I guess our flight leaves at what? 3.30. We get there with an hour to spare. Go to a bar and, um, you know, throw down a vodka had some, you know, it was, it was nice, relaxing. We get on the plane. I switched my seat to sit next to Steve, uh, which worked out because it was like one seat. Like there was like three seats available. The one next to him was. We get on the plane, and direct flight to Austin. We're getting in the night before the show that we have to do. The show that we're doing out in Austin is um. Because how the festival works is the first part of the South by Southwest Festival. I mean, it's all film festival and everything, but the first part of it is where the comedy is. You know, there's just, it was really amazing and an honor to be like one of 50-something or 60 comedians that, that in the country that were there. But music comes in on that Tuesday, and then it's just this crazy music festival. It, I mean, it really is insane. I mean, the streets of Austin, Texas are shut down. And there's just people in the street, freaky shit, crazy, like, I mean, it's just an absolute zoo with just all kinds of entertainment going on and stuff like that. Really festive, really cool, you know, food and all that shit. There's food trucks all over the place. So our show is uh, maybe the second to last day before comedy ends or something. And uh, that was on Monday, so it's Sunday, we're getting in there around Sunday night, we're going to just probably, you know, unpack, go to dinner, chill, and then wait for the show the next day. So we get on this plane, and we're, you know, excited, we're talking, we're having a good time, and we're waiting on the runway, and uh, this uh, female, female pilot says, folks, we, uh, you guys know I'm not, I don't like flying and shit, really, like, I mean, I like it smooth, I'm not, you know, I, I like it, I fly all the time, I've been on a ton, I mean, I'm on a ton of planes all the time, but, you know, it's just something that, you know, I just like it to be done, sometimes I like it, whatever, but she gets on and she goes, all right, guys, listen, due to laws, we can't take off right now because the crosswinds are too heavy, so we're going to have to wait. I'm going to spin around, go on another runway. Maybe she wanted to go in the other direction or whatever. But so we're waiting and we're waiting. And uh, finally, 
I guess they turn the fucking plane around. She turns the plane around, goes on another runway. And it's like, she's like going to go for it. Like it seemed like it, there wasn't that much of a wait. They just were like, ah, oh, fuck it. The wind's coming from the other way. So they spin around and me and Steve are having a good conversation. And, uh, you know, I just had a vodka. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not drunk or anything. I'm just, just chilling. I'm ready to take off and have a couple of drinks on this thing. I swear to God, this plane takes off. And it was one of the worst takeoffs ever. And uh, a lot of things happened on this flight to let me know that. Uh, I mean, I'm never. I'm, I don't want to go as far as to say the flight was ever in doubt, but there was definitely panic and stuff going on amongst the staff on the plane, including the including the captain and the um, the flight attendants. So we start climbing, and right away. There's just a ton of shaking, and the plane is going side to side. Now, Steve and I are in the middle of a conversation, not even thinking about, you know, the plane. And all of a sudden, we just kind of looked at each other like, whoa, that's odd. And uh, and then he just, Steve just goes, and Steve flies a lot too, and he just goes, hold on, man, hold on, let's just, let's just get through this wind. And we both kind of sit back, and I'm not kidding, guys, this shit got so bad that the whole plane was like kind of quiet and it was shaking, and it wasn't even just turbulence, the plane was going side to side, and almost looked like it was like fucking, like the way it just looked, the way like the, the way like the, whatever, the stuff, the, the, the compartments on top holding all the baggage were like bending, so it made the plane look like it was bending, and it was so scary and bad, and what the pilot did, I literally, I'm not kidding, this shit was so scary, and it was so weird on this takeoff that, the pilot, I mean, I noticed it. I, I mean, I was on almost 30 flights last year. I was on almost 20 the year before that. I've been on a couple this year already, a few. I mean, I've flown so many times that I know what they do. I know how takeoffs and landings usually go when it's routine and how shit goes when they're trying to do something quicker to get out of a situation. And this fucking chick just starts climbing fast to get out of it. She was trying to get through it. And I was rarely on a plane that ever took off to just get that height that quick. Like that fucking thing was just revving through because she wanted to get through it and get above it. And this plane is shaking. It's getting thrown all over the all over the place. And I'm literally like, holy shit, man. Like I like I'm just wondering right now if there's a big gust. This is this was getting so bad that I'm like, if there's a big gust, like I don't think I don't know like what's gonna happen. Like I was just like, like I'm trying to make peace with my life and shit. I'm just like, all right, man, like I'm thinking my kids and shit. I mean, I know that's crazy. But it was crazy. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if it spooked the pilot or whatever. But then we get up. And we finally get up. And a long time after the, the seatbelt light finally goes. And we're still talking about it. Like we're like dude that was. I Have you ever experienced that? And I'm talking to the guy next to me. And I said dude. And he goes I fly a lot. The guy next to me. Not Steve. The other guy. Because it's three. He goes. I fly a lot. I was like, was that the worst takeoff you ever had? And he was like, well, no. And he was kind of thinking, like, it was up there, man. This was scary. This was like, like movie turbulence on a takeoff. Like, this shit was like fucking flight when they took off before, you know, you know the way in flight they took off and it was crazy when Denzel and they took off, but then they got through it and it was fine. It, this shit was crazy going up. And I'm going, man, this is bullshit. Fuck United. Right, I'm blaming the, the airline on the thing. But then, it's justified. You'll see why. Then, we're like an hour and a half into the flight. 
and the pilot comes on, and she sounded scared. And Steve was like, "You were." I was kind of joking, like, fuck, a woman pilot. The last time I had that, something went wrong. Something was weird happened. So I just started joking about these women. But relax, ladies. I'm just, I'm fucking, I'm half fucking around. You know what I mean? I'm just like, you know, it, it, it's just something happened and I'm, I'm fucking around. I, I know that the women could be fine pilots. You know, I was just kind of joking with him, just we were laughing and stuff. And he's like, no, you know what, though? He goes, one thing, though, serious is like, that sounded like she had panic in her voice. This is what she said. She said... There's going to be some turbulence. I need everybody to get in their seats and put the thing on. Now, I'm thinking, holy shit, after what we just experienced on this takeoff, if she's saying everybody get in their seats, you know, and there's going to be some turbulence, keep your seatbelts on, I'm like, man, what's about to happen? But, you know, there's turbulence, things are going, and then all of a sudden the plane starts to shake, and the pilot says these words, and Steve and I never heard it. I don't think the guy next to me ever heard it either. She says... In a panic, she gets on the fucking PA or whatever, and she goes, um, uh, whatever, is it PA, is it the fucking, I don't even know, the, uh, the, whatever, the announcing, whatever, she gets on and she goes, flight attendants, get to your seats immediately, and then the flight attendants just disappear, and now we're shaking, and we're looking around, and we're going, what, and like, and she sounded scared, and I'm going, holy shit, I've never, you know, I want a pilot to be like, all right, guys, um, all right, a little bumpy up here, you know, it's going to be a little, you know, we're going to actually have the flight attendants sit down just because there may be some air pockets, but uh, we'll get through it. You'll be, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear flight attendants get to your seats immediately. It, it was fucked up, man. The whole flight sucked. It was so scary. I'm thinking just, I just want to fucking land right now. I don't care. Like it, it actually put everything in my life. That flight put everything in my life into perspective. I'm like, what am I ever going to worry about again? That takeoff was so bad that I feel like one bad gust of wind and we'd have been fucked. And I'm, I'm what am I ever going to worry about again? That's how scary this flight was. All right? And here's how I knew it was bad. Because you know when you're done and you're walking off the plane and you grab your bags and you walk and the pilot stands there. This chick was in the cockpit with the door closed. It was like a comic who bombs... And doesn't want to be anywhere to be seen. Like, you know, a comic bomb. Here's what happens. A lot of times if a comic bombs, they just kind of disappear. They're not going to talk to anybody. That was like her version of bombing. She just sat there and let everybody leave. Even the flight attendants knew. I was like, that's really bumpy. And they were like, yeah, everybody knew. It was fucked up. It was, it was, it was not fun. So that's the first thing. All right. But we get there. Everything is good. I mean, we're thinking like, dude, I want to drive back home after that shit. So, anyway, we get to Austin. We go to our hotel. We check in. We go to a great, amazing, amazing seafood restaurant that overlooks the city off the beaten path. And, I mean, their freaks were out at night. So, Austin is shut down. All the major streets in the city are shut down. And there's people with music, and there's people dancing, and there's street performers, and it's all festive. And I saw a, a cigar company where they roll their own cigars. So I went in there, I got one of them. But it was just, it, it was insane. I saw a fucking big, like there was just this big bodybuilder, big black dude. He had nothing on but Speedos and soccer cleats. And he was like fucking acting like it was like his everyday uniform. It was, I mean, you saw crazy shit. I saw a fucking guy giving a Yorkie a piggyback. And I'm not going to lie, the Yorkie was fucking pissed. 
the Yorker just had his hands on the guy's shoulders and was like looking. I looked at it and it was just giving a look to people like, you believe this shit? You fucking believe this shit? Um, it was just, I mean, crazy, insane type of, um, you know, atmosphere, but fun and all that stuff. And, um, you know, we ate, we had a good time the first night, you know, we had some drinks and then, um, yeah, just, I met my manager came in, my manager, I came in that, that night at around, uh, he was delayed, I think. So he came in around 2 a.m. Right as I was getting back. I stopped in. I went into the Showtime taping. Some comedians that I knew on that. And then um, Steve went back. And then my manager got in. Right when I got to my lobby in my hotel at night to call it a night. My manager my manager and I were staying together. Uh, for a couple of nights. And, uh, but the rooms were great. Like they had like. It was plenty of room and all that stuff. So. My manager and I get up there like 2 a.m. And we're just talking about everything. We're making plans for the next day. And um, the next day is my show, which I'll get to. But here's another thing that happened. My manager is a foodie. So he's fucking sitting there. I mean, he's breaking down itineraries of all these different barbecue spots we got to go to. All right. I mean, I, I got a big show. You know, these people are putting faith in me and putting me on this show and the show is like one of the biggest shows of the festival, and uh, it was an amazing lineup, unbelievable. And um, you know, my manager is like talking about all food, and I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. You know, I'm cool. So I wake up that day, and I'm excited to to do the show and everything. And we start breaking down all these barbecue spots. Now, there's a place called Franklin, which is about a five hour wait to eat. Fuck that. I don't give a shit. Okay, the cab driver told us it was completely overrated and not to go to it. And I'm not waiting five hours. I'm not waiting five hours any day. I don't care if I'm on vacation and I don't have to work. I'm not waiting five. I'll be honest with you. If my wife was like, I'll, I'll blow you. Um, but, you know, I need five hours today and you got to wait on a line. Like you can't go and do it. You got to wait on I'd be like, I, I mean, I got to eat something. Like, I, we'll just do it another time. Like, I can't, like, I can't wait that long. You know what I mean? I'm not waiting that long, you know, for anything, let alone a piece of brisket. I'm just not doing it. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. So, and, and, and to top it off, we're finding out from people that it's overrated. It's ridiculous. It's just one of these things people see on TV. So they're going to stand in line. Now, um, there's a place called La Barbecue and this place is, they said maybe the second greatest barbecue place in the world to this place, Franklin. And they said it's just a hair under Franklin. Now, another cab driver told me that Franklin, he waited hours and it was not that good. We went to La Barbecue. We waited about 35 minutes in line. We spent about $80 for the two of us to get. Basically, we got the brisket. We got the uh, pork rib. We got one huge beef rib, which looked like it fucking came from a dinosaur. And then we got the spicy sausage. And then we got uh, pickles and pickled onions and all this stuff. Uh, pinto beans, all that. I swear to God, when we get to the line, before you even order. I'm not making this up. not even kidding. Because I'm sitting there going, all right, whatever, man. They're, they're just, you know, 
people, tourists, everyone keeps hearing either Franklin or La Barbecue or like four places and everyone's into it. I'm like, whatever, let me just eat some barbecue. We get to the line and before you even order, they hand you one nice chunk of tender brisket, right? They just hand it to you. I swear to God, I took this. Now, I'm not a meat guy either. I'm more of like, you know, I mean, I like meat, don't get me wrong, but I'm, you know, I like steak and stuff like that, but I'm not, I shouldn't say, I'm not a barbecue guy, I'm not a huge barbecue guy, you know, when the season's right a couple times a year, that's fine, but I'm not like a huge brisket guy, I grabbed this piece of brisket, and I put it in my mouth, and within one second, I swear to God, my whole world and life changed, I, I don't even know how to describe what I ate. I put it in my mouth and I think my body just instantly, I think I looked up to the sky and then I looked over at, at, at Kimowitz and I'm going, David, that was fucking, and he and he's already chewing it, smiling, nodding his head and he's so psyched because he's a foodie. I don't know what the fuck they cooked that with. And first of all, I don't know how much better any other place could ever be. Like Franklin or whatever other place, there's no way. It could be that good. There's also Salt Lick, which I went to. In the in the uh, there's two of them. There's one in downtown and there's one at the airport. And I went to the one at the airport. I got the pulled pork sandwiches and it was fantastic. Uh, David also tried Ironworks out there, which is another one that's supposedly good. He didn't like it. So we're at La Barbecue, and we grabbed this tray. We grabbed, they just put, it's like a fucking butcher shot. It was incredible. They just put the paper down on the thing like that, you know, like that butcher paper. And they just throw in hunks of meat on this thing with your sides and you get it. And then they have all these tables people are outside eating at. And they got a keg of beer and they're like a free, free beer with your order. And I'm like, man, I got a show tonight, but it was like two in the afternoon. It was, or one thirty in the afternoon. It was a beautiful day, sunny and uh, my manager goes, I'm going to have a beer with this. And I was like, yeah, why wouldn't? Fuck it. Why not? I'm going to have a beer with it too. We go sit down. He notices some famous like food guy, Tommy Chung or Tommy Tang or fucking Tommy whatever. Um, and he talks to, you know, he talks to him, take a picture with him. We saw Russell Simmons uh, going to La Barbecue. Like, you know, all these people were lining up for this place. The beef rib was incredible. The pork rib was incredible. The sausage was hot and spicy and cooked to perfection. The beans were delicious, but the brisket and the, the brisket and the ribs were too. I've never tasted anything like it in my life. If you like brisket, like I was actually thinking of my father because I know my father likes brisket, and I was thinking that if my father bit that, he would start crying. Like I know the sound effect my father would make if he bit that. He would bite that and just be like, oh, like he, he, I'm telling you, like, I can't, I got to call him up and tell him about this piece of brisket because he's going to lose his, I mean, like if you like brisket, it's actually worth the flight to Austin to go to La Barbecue, eat there, go out at night, have a good time, stay at a nice hotel and then fly back the next day. That's how good it is there. If you, and I'm not even a barbecue guy. So if you like barbecue, if you love barbecue, it's a life change. It's a game changer. Over. Game over. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Worth the wait, all that stuff. 
Um, you know, that I even woke up and worked out. Oh, guys, I'm losing weight, getting thin, eating fish. The only bad meal I had was probably that one. Uh, well, no, we went to some concert at the end of the night, and they were handing out free tacos. I had to, what am I going to do? But, so go to the show, and uh, I, I can't even, you know, I was amazing. The place was sold out, and, um, you know, I'm I'm hosting this thing. You know, I'm hosting it, and the lineup was amazing. Uh, Glenn Wool, Shazir Zameda from Saturday Night Live, Nate Borgazzi, who's a monster, Madrigal's a monster, Bill Burr, uh, headlining it, and, um, you know, I went out there, sold out, I think a little over 300 people, and I mean, I couldn't have had a better time, I mean, I, I could not have had a better time with these people, so receptive, so into it, just had such a blast on stage from, like, the opening minute, I was just fucking with them, you know, I, uh, it was cool, too, because, like, I, you know, I was, like, making fun of Austin, and, like, they all got it. You know, I said that, uh, I said half the people out here look like they're a weekend away from calling home to their parents, asking if they could live home again to get their shit together, and they all got it, like, it, it, it was just, it was just so fun to shit on, not shit on it, but like, kind of goof on the town up front, have a good time, and then just go into material, had an absolute blast, and you know, it was cool, you know, there's a lot of big people there, and, um, it was just an amazing, it was an amazing night, you know, everybody did well, everybody killed, we had a great time, and then, um, it was for Laugh Button, uh, Gotham Comedy Club in New York put together the lineup along with South by Southwest, and, uh, it was just a hit, man, it was a great time, it really was, it was so much fun, and, um, then, now it's after party time, so we had reservations at a restaurant. And uh, at the same restaurant, me and Steve ate the first night. This amazing seafood joint at True Lux. Overlooking the city in this big glass, beautiful dining room. And um, me, Madrigal, my manager, and Steve Mazzilli go. And like, DeRosa was good. Oh, Joe DeRosa jumped on to do a guest set. Really funny too. It was a great time. So... Uh, Burr and all these guys are supposed to meet us at the restaurant. And they stay at the bar in the green room at the venue drinking and we're texting and we're texting where are you guys coming and we end up having this like amazing amazing dinner cocktails we're having great conversation and people are just all at the table tweeting texting finding out where everybody's going and I don't want to be involved in the whole Austin craziness and neither does anybody that I'm with you know so um fast forward like two hours we're done eating and uh, we decide that we say, we're asking people where to go. What should we do? And they were like, Hey, there's this place. I'm not, I'm not mentioning it on the podcast because it was so cool and trendy and nobody knows about it. And it's not part of the masses. I don't even, we were like, no, even, we ain't going to talk about it. Let's just say this. We were at some spot that was so cool and chill in Austin. And, uh, the people there were amazing. This bar and all of a sudden, so Burr, Burr starts walking down the street, and he's, you know, he, now granted, we're all kind of buzzed now, all of us are buzzed, Burr's walking down the street, he meets us, so now we all go into this bar, and we have our own little corner, and the owner is psyched that, uh, you know, comedians from South by Southwest 
are there because it's off the beaten path. He was psyched that Burr was in there because he knew Bill. He was a big fan. He knew we were all stand-ups, and uh, he was just like, whatever you guys need, and these guys are throwing us shots, right? And he just, we're just sitting there. We're having a fucking great time. Just like five, six guys, and they're throwing us shots. Then Ari Shafir and... um, uh, some dude from Comedy Central, I believe, or some some, some Ari Shafir shows up with some guy, and um, you know, and Ari just had a special come out, and he's got his show. This is not happening on um, Comedy Central. Really funny, a friend of mine, Ari. So Ari shows up, and Ari's drinking, and like now it's getting crazy. So we we're in the corner of this bar, and we're drinking, and we're getting fucking like we were like. All of us had the look in our eye. Like, we were holding it together, but all of us were like, because it was just a great night, great show. And we look around, and nobody's in the bar anymore. And it's after hours. And this bar shut it down for us, kept it open, and just kept throwing us drinks. And he goes, all right, fellas, we made you some food plates. And he comes out with, like, prosciutto and cheese and olives and all this shit. And these guys, hey, try this shot. Have you ever had this liquor? Try this. And now we're all just absolutely hammered, okay? Me and Burr screaming about a fucking car. You know, he likes this uh, Mercedes uh, Mercedes wagon. And I'm like, dude, it's a fucking wagon. And he's like, you know, Burr, that's just fucking like you. That's so easy to say. I'm like, dude, I'm not saying I don't appreciate. You don't appreciate engineering. I'm like, dude, I do appreciate engineering. I do. I understand what the hell they got under the hood of that fucking thing. I understand how fast it goes. But it looks like you're rushing your kid to soccer practice. If I'm going to buy a fast car, it's not going to be a wagon, Bill. I understand why you don't understand that. So he's going to get out of fuck that. And we're just, I mean, and Mazzilli and everybody listening to us is just hysterical laughing. Because we're just screaming at each other. We're literally like, I mean, all, you know, it was all love. It was all fun. But it was just like, why the fuck would you, Why? I don't want that. You understand? Like, oh, you know, he's like, don't you understand German engineering, how amazing that is? They said it's one of the most powerful cars. It's basically a race car. That's a station wagon. It can beat like any car. And I'm going, yeah, it's like 550 horsepower. I don't need that. If I'm going to buy a car that's almost fucking 600 horses, okay, it's not going to be a station wagon. So we're just having a great argument about it. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're t- and then sports arguments come in and we just start talking shit. It was great. And then I go to Ari. Now, you know, I'm not a big weed guy when I'm home. But, you know, if I go on the West Coast or the Midwest, you know, if I'm on, if I'm on the West Coast, I definitely like to dabble a little bit. But I'm all fucked up, me and my manager, and we were talking about, like, edibles. And I swear to God, this is how hilarious Ari Shafir is. He's just standing there. And, uh, you know, we're having a good talk, and I just go, Ari, dude, you by any chance, I mean, you, you, wouldn't, you don't have any edibles on you. And without missing a beat, he goes, oh, yeah, I do. And he just takes, like, as I was asking him, he was going into his pocket. He goes, oh, yeah, I do. And he just gives me a piece of candy and Dave a piece of candy. Now, here's when things got a little haywire. (laughs) David takes his right away, which I should have done. But no, not me. I'm waiting. Like, I'm trying to wait for my buzz to go down so I could enjoy this. Meanwhile, I drank so much for the night, there's no way anything is going to be... There's no way that it's going to make any difference how long I wait. So, um, we end up calling it a night with those guys. So, you know, we hug everybody goodbye. Everybody had, um, 
But the picture, by the way, the picture that's on Twitter and Facebook, that's the night. That's where we are. You could actually see the, the, the plates of food in front of us. So say peace to everybody. Ari, Bill, uh, Steve Mazzilli, everybody. So me and my manager, David Kimwitz, are walking back to the hotel. And I'm like, oh, let me take this edible now. So like a dick, I dropped this thing like 3 o'clock in the morning. And all I remember... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I remember. I remember before I dropped it, we just ducked into a... We, we were walking back towards Bill's Hotel. We go to Bill's Hotel. Saw a bunch of comics there. The dudes from the Undateables. Saw Jeff Ross there. A bunch of people there. And um, I was at that point, I didn't even want to talk to anybody because I was, I was ready to go. So we, we just walked back. And we get to the hotel. And right when I lay on my bed, we're talking. And it just hits me like a fucking tranquilizer gun. Yeah, I was like, I mean, it was like putting down an elephant, that's how much, I went from just sitting there talking, to just being on my bed, like holding my head, going, oh my god, what happened, luckily I didn't like spin to get sick, I just ended up passing out, probably around like four, and, um, but I gotta tell you, the night it was, the show you know, and then the reviews of the show were insane, and they're all over the place, and it was just really cool to have, you know, big people in the industry just give you positive feedback and have a great time, and, you know, you know, deliver and doing the job that I was out there to do um, in that festival was amazing, and being there with my friends, too, I mean, it just doesn't get better than that, it really doesn't, it was so cool to be there, and I was actually there with some people that have helped me more than any in my life, you know, um, you know, the first guy that ever put me on TV was out there, you know, Burr, who's, you know, put me on tour with him, he was out there, my manager was out there, like, all these people that, like, I care about and that care about me and my career were all out there in Texas, just eating and getting fucked up and, and, and performing on a show, it was just the best, and then, um, so the next night, there's a concert that Laugh Button has VIP to, I guess the headlining band was a band called Spoon, which uh, I, my manager was going nuts for. I didn't know him too well. But then they had a back courtyard, and they were giving out free Taco Bell. There was free uh, free vodka, free Miller Lite. And um, I guess Comedy Central had given Ari and Big J cigars, so they gave people cigars. So we're all in this courtyard. It's me, Nate Borgazzi, Big J Okerson, Ari Shafir, a bunch of us, and we're just hanging out, just having the best time. And then for the Sponge concert, we just went, I mean Sponge, fucking Sponge. Remember Sponge? For the uh, Spoon. They got, what's up with these names? Sponge, Spoon. They just fucking stand in a kitchen looking around like, ah, let's go with fucking oven mitts. You know? Anyway, I don't know. It was just weird. It was like, it, it was, we're just standing next to the stage while these guys are on. And, um, and then they went in, oh, D Joe DeRosa was there. I don't know. That was that was pretty much the whole time. And then, of course, DeRosa gets in an Uber and takes us to a shitty barbecue place at 2 in the morning. But you can't knock him for that. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. Everybody was kind of hungry. And um, that was it. And then the next day, delayed flights. Luckily, no turbulence. Got back late yesterday. And I uh, was excited to see my family. I'm absolutely exhausted. But I'm home recuperating. And that's it. You know, so uh, it was definitely, um, definitely a good, a, a great time. And uh, I would uh, say, I mean, uh, listen, I'm not gonna lie though. 
if I have to be completely honest, if I had to be completely honest, I'm not, it, it was very, very hipsterish and freaky and weird and like, kind of like, ah, you know, it was festive, but like, it was a little fucking trashy, you know, I mean, when you see a dude walking around in Speedos and fucking cleats, like holding a boombox, it's like, all right, you know, I just don't, that's not my thing, you know, um, and I don't like that shit show type of atmosphere, to be honest, New Orleans has it too, everybody thinks, oh man, Bourbon Street, it's great, it's crazy, no, it's not, it's an absolute shit show, it is an absolute fucking disaster, it's a shit show with a bunch of drunken animals walking around yelling, ducking into bars yelling, Okay, you know what gentlemen do? You know what normal people do? They go into a private type of lounge or bar where there's a few people and kind of dim lights and cool music and you sit there and you have a cocktail and you could hear yourself think and you could eat and take your time instead of having some fucking animal from Milwaukee go, Hey dude, we're going down the block. Who's coming? Who's coming? It's like nobody's coming. You want to know why nobody's coming? Because you're a fucking loser. Look at yourself. You're going to be a father one day. Pull yourself together, you fucking moron. Everybody, yeah, we're here. You only live once, Bourbon Street. Woo-hoo-hoo. is, there's nothing. In In the height of my getting fucked up in party days, I was never that guy, thank God. You know. There's never the guy, just these people that just like, they, they think it's like, as soon as they get there, it's, it's like they just literally open the door to their cage and they run around. It, it's ridiculous. When I was in New Orleans, we went to the French Quarter, which is kind of another, like, the, it was better. It wasn't like Bourbon Street. So Austin was just very kind of shit showy. And I heard it got like three times busier after the comedy thing was over and we left because like all the musicians and DJs and fucking rappers and, um, you know, and all the film people, everybody was still there because it goes for the whole time. One thing I wanted to catch was I wanted to catch the documentary, the Kurt Cobain documentary, which they were showing like every day there. And I just missed it timing wise. And then when I left, uh, my manager, David, said that he saw it and he said it was unbelievable. So I'm kind of pissed that I missed that. Because I didn't want to just be around comedy when I was out there. I wanted to do my show, but I wanted to go see some films that were premiering and, and really like enjoy it. But my recommendation would be this. I, I really think if you do this, you will have an amazing time in Austin for the South by Southwest Festival, which is one of the biggest festivals in the country for for music and film and, and, com- and now comedy. Comedy's growing there. But what I would do is... I would eat dinner off the beaten path at True Lux. If you like fish, the fish is fresh. The cocktails are great. It's awesome. Uh, it's The dining room is amazing. It's, it's an amazing time. Then I would eat La Barbecue during the day. Go to La Barbecue and sit down, get it, and drink an ice cold beer with it. And it will be life changing. A brisket that will change your fucking life. And then I would, um, what else, what else would I say that is a must there? No, and then I guess what I would do is I would go to the convention center where they have all of the listings of the activities to do at South by Southwest, 
and really find the stuff that you would like that you're into. Don't overdo it and try to do everything. Just pick the stuff you really want to do, go at your pace and just try to stay away from the shit show and you should have a great time. Obviously stay in a great hotel, but a lot of them down there are all really nice now. So uh that is it for my South by Southwest story. Don't worry if you were bored with it. I got a lot more stuff, but that was uh just my experience. So I hope you guys um enjoyed it. And uh you know, oh, one thing that I think is important to talk about on the podcast, especially to younger comics listening or to, to I know I have comedian friends listening and, and people that are in the business listening. Um I'll say this. Don't change anything about your act or anything about you when you go to any festival or you do anything, whether it's in a hipster town, whether it's alternative comedy scene, whether it's mainstream comedy scene, whether it's whatever. Comedy is comedy and people are people. And um, I was just sitting there and I was like, wow, you know, this is... You know, luckily I've been doing it long enough where, you know, I have different material and I would have a fun time. But I guess long story short is when you go to these things, sometimes you could be like, wow, you know, I hope this type of area would like me or I hope this. And, you know, it was so cool because the day of my show, I was like, I'm not even going to think like that, man. I'm going to go and have fun doing what I do. I'm going to have fun doing what I do. I'm going to fuck with this place. I'm going to talk about what's going on. I'm going to be real about it. I'm going to be honest about it. If anyone doesn't like it, that's fine. But I'm going to be fun and funny to myself and with what I'm talking about and believe in it, man. And as corny as that sounds, man, that's what you got to do anywhere you go. If you go to a festival, if you go to Montreal, you go to South by Southwest and you, you know, yeah, you see Comedy Central there and you see, you know, big agents and managers and you see all these people there, even big comedians that you've grew up watching, you see them all there. All you can do is do you on stage, what you do, have fun being you, doing what you do. You're there for a reason. You were asked there. Everybody knows what you do. You're not going to be asked to do something you never did before. They're not asking you to fucking go there and race a car. They're asking you to do what you do. And I got to tell you, I I remember I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm like, I was like, before the show, I was just like, I'm going to really just go and have fun, man, and, and just be into this. And I went out there and I had a really great time. The crowd was great. So... My advice is just go and be you. As simple as that is to say, go have fun and do it. So that's my little, for any comedian out there, that was for you comedians, okay? I know the other listeners are like, all right, what the fuck, man? I want to hear about this this woman walking a dog. Um, or no, no, I want. where's my fucking unacceptable? I want to get to my unacceptable. I will get to your unacceptables. Um, so... Anyway, I guess my unacceptable is United Airlines, okay? United fucking Airlines has no... If you do not have a... It is 2015, okay? Look at Virgin America. The new new JetBlue is insane. The new JetBlue is Virgin America. Except instead of purple lights and music, it's just blue lights, bigger screens. I got first class now, extended... It's it's awesome. It is awesome. I am only flying Virgin, and I am only flying JetBlue... And if I do get on American United, it's going to be one of those big fucking planes where I know there's a movie plane where I could choose it instead of, you know. I mean, I want to watch fucking, really, I want to watch Parks and Rec. That's what I want to watch during turbulence of your shitty fucking 19, you know, 2004, you know, four body of the plane. I want to watch Parks and Rec. Everyone's got to watch Parks and Rec with commercials. That's what we want to do. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke and it's unacceptable. Nobody wants to do that. 
And by the way, American Airlines, the the plane I flew back, I it was so tight to my my knee. For, I'm five foot eight, okay. I'm five foot eight, and my knee was almost touching the knee. I mean, if I was big, I don't know. I couldn't even put my. I only have a book bag. I didn't. I don't check a bag. I had a big book bag that I had my my. my you know, I was only away for three days. I had my three outfits in my book bag. I had my my laptop. A couple of things. Easy. I couldn't even get it under the seat in front of me. I had to fucking put it on the overhead compartment because that's how small it was. No TV, just these TVs that fall down along the, you know, the, the down the plane that were playing Parks and Rec. I got to watch NBC. That's what I want to do when I'm shitting my pants, you know, because of turbulence and wind and delays because there's crosswinds going to JFK and, and there's only a certain amount of runways. Actually had the pilot go, yeah, there's going to be a, little, a lot of traffic up there over JFK. That's another thing I got to watch. So now it's windy. There's a million planes around because everybody's got one runway. It was like fucking Die Hard 2. And I don't have a nice TV. You can't even be taken away from it. It's ridiculous. It's unacceptable. United Airlines stinks. Delta stinks. It's a joke. It's a joke. I'm not even joking right now. I'm not even joking. It is 2015. Get new jets and have the entertainment on it for the people. Okay? That's what... I don't understand that. I don't understand you know, make more leg space like that. You know what I mean? JetBlue's been doing good. You want to know why? Because they get it. JetBlue's a great airline. And JetBlue was a great airline from day one because they were like, hey, let's put a TV at every fucking headrest and let them choose what they want to watch. Yes. And you know what? People were probably like, well, there's no first class. No one's going to want to do that. doesn't matter. Yes, they do because they want to be distracted. They want to be distracted from some fucking pilot going, you know, flight attendants, get to your seats immediately. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely unacceptable. If I was a dick, which I'm not, I would write United about what happened with the thing. I would write them, and then I would talk, and I would actually like to get a big wig on the phone. I would love to get a big wig. This is my dream right now. Remember remember Eddie? Remember uh, Eddie, what he did for, uh, you know, Griswold in Christmas Vacation? He was like, here's what I want. Here's what I want. I want my boss here with a big ribbon on his thing. And I want to tell him what a fuck. Remember that? And then Eddie was thinking he went to God. This is what I would love to do. I would love nothing more than to get like the VP or CEO of American Airlines on the plane and just go, yeah, how you doing, sir? Great, great. Yeah. Listen, I got a question. Um, I flew very uncomfortably from, from with your airline to, yeah, I, I know it was only a couple hours, but I'm five foot eight, you know, um, I'm not really a, a big guy. You know, uh, probably knowing me, I'd probably tell him I'm on a diet, doing well. I'd be like, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm on a diet, you know, everything, you know, I'm shrinking and I'm only five foot eight. Um, my knee was almost touching the fucking person's seat in front of me and I couldn't put a book bag underneath it. How are you sleeping tonight? Okay. You are packing these people in like fucking sardines in a can. Okay. Can we get a little bit? I mean, it, like when, when, when you go to Virgin, you see the leg room's a little better. Jet blue leg room is the best, I think. Because you could at least you could at least put your feet, you know, up a little bit. And I would really like to tell him, no, sir. I want to know. I know you fly first class because you have a lot of money, but you know, people that don't all the time and people that you know fly a lot that can't be in first class all the time, they're just supposed to go back there and have their knees hitting chair, hitting the and, and being uncomfortable. And I don't want to be rude, but on my way back, and this has nothing to do with the airline. I had some fucking fat dude spilling over into the seat next to me. Okay, he was just this big dude. His arms were just like, you know, he was just huge. He could do nothing about it. And 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 so now I'm like crunched over. And then the chick, and then the other chick next to me was, uh, 
you know, blowing her nose and like you could tell she was sick. She had like the the dry, flaky nose and fucking lips because she was blowing her nose so much. So I'm getting sick over here and I got fucking this dude next to me spilling over into the seat. And my my book, I don't even have my book bag because it's up in the thing. And my knees are almost touching the seat in front of me. I'm like, how do you, I would say, sir, how, how do you do that? How do you get away with that? Like, are you out of your mind? Like, are you out of your mind? I'm going to say, sir, you want to know something? Your airline stinks. Okay. It fucking stinks. I'm going to JetBlue and I'm going to Virgin America. You want to know why? Because even if I was in a tight fucking tight spot because I, of whatever, you know, somebody fat or whatever, even if I was, they have a little more leg room than you do, and you know what, they have a choice of six new release movies, they have video games, they have distractions, you know, I even like that you could see the map, see where you are on the plane, see how high you are in the air, that shit, just stuff to distract you, stuff that entertains you, all right, not some fucking 80 year old wait, you know, flight attendant running to her seat because she's shitting her pants because she's experienced something she hasn't experienced in three decades, it's a dick. It's a joke. Unacceptable. That's my unacceptable. Get your shit together, airlines. Seriously. Everybody who listens to this podcast, I'm telling you right now, and I mean this. I fly all the time. If you're flying somewhere, look at JetBlue first. Look at Virgin America first. Okay? You'll, you'll have a comfortable flight. They actually give a shit. They give a shit. They care. They're more. They're friendlier. You go on United in some of these, you go on like United and American, and they look at you like, <coughs> you know, yeah, just get, you know, they, they don't actually say it, but the look they give you is just get in your seat, let's get the, let's get on with the shit, you know. I will tell you this, the pilot on American, though, that I went, he was nice. He was nice, he sat there, like, he, he seemed like, a, you know, a nice guy, he was the one dealing with the delays and letting us know about the delays, but he was, he, he was actually descriptive in detail, but... You gotta up the in-flight entertainment. I mean, you just gotta. In a in a time where phones and 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 playing with shit and social media and video games are big, you can't just have somebody sit down for a couple hours and stare at a at a beige leather seat, you know, with wrinkled up fucking magazines. But let's get to your guys' unacceptables. Sorry about the ranting, but I can't I can't take it. I can't take it. You know, they'll take your 400 bucks or your 300 or whatever bucks. They'll take that. They'll take that. And they'll, you know, they'll offer you a cheese box, you know, and a fucking ginger ale. But it's a joke. All right. Let's see here. This one is from Joe Pavella. And Joe says, I got an unacceptable for you. Working at a local hospital, a guy that works there comes walking out the bath, uh, walking out of the bathroom, eating a banana. No bullshit. Uh, yeah, that's weird. That's awful. The only thing more awful than that would be if he got the banana from the bathroom attendant, if there was one, but I don't, I guess there's not that at your job unless your job is incredible. Uh, but yeah, that's weird. I mean, walking out of a kitchen, a man looks weird eating a banana. Walking out of a bathroom is really fucked up. All right. This is from Kelly, uh, Kelly Meyer. And this one says, another IBS unacceptable. A few years ago on my birthday, my wife sent me a couple of sex messages, letting me know that she had, pl- uh, letting me know what she had planned for me later in the evening. Uh, well, all right, I'm listening. Driving home, I was crazy excited, but all afternoon I've been gassy. Oh boy, 
uh, from lunch, and I wanted to <laughs> expedite all of this. Um, uh, methane before I got home for my own personal sex Olympics. So I'm dropping instant amounts of ass in the car. It smelled like the shitter at the filthy Bangkok whorehouse. Um, at a filthy Bangkok whorehouse. I don't know what that smells like, but you just obviously ruined it for me. As I pull into the driveway, I decided to just <laughs> give it one last push before heading inside. Unfortunately, that last push wasn't gas. It was two ounces of oh, pureed shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, right as I'm reading this, I just saw an ad for Virgin America. Um, I ran into the house and tried to rush to the bathroom, but my wife stops me dead in my track. She's wearing high heels and nothing else, and I'm staring at a five. Uh, I'm staring at five foot seven inches and 120 pounds of 36D goddess. She grabs me and jams her tongue down my throat so hard I almost gagged. Oh my god, dude! This is I this is I don't even know like this is like half exciting and half gross at the same time. This is like fucking this is like a movie and you're like which how is this ending? Um I probably not good. Um we're making out so intensely that I actually forgot for a moment that I had just soiled myself uh oh my god. Like an <laughs> Oh my god, like an incompetent 80-year-old man. But then she... Uh, oh no! Then she drops to her knees. She starts undoing my belt and I say, Honey, I was on my feet walking around all day and I need to shower before you do what you're about to do. She ignored me and kept going. Babe, seriously, I need a shower. She looks at me and says, It's now or never. And pulled my belt off. Oh my god, dude. Is this a regular fucking thing? I'm going to start having my wife read these. <laughs> uh, my boxer briefs are now filled. Oh, simultaneously with boner and shit. I backed away from her and just said sorry. And ran up the steps. Took a shit and showered as fast as I could. Came back downstairs to find my wife eating potato chips in front of the TV, wearing sweatpants and an old t-shirt. I sat down next to her, leaned in for a kiss, and she said, No fucking way. You ruined it. Worst birthday ever. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag I'm a fucking animal. Hashtag put me in a, in a, damn, in a goddamn cage. Episode 200 was awesome. Uh, congrats on making it this far. Looking forward to 300 and beyond. Uh, thank you. Personal note. Uh, hold on a second. I'm not going to read this because it doesn't seem like you want me to. Uh, uh, hold on. I'm just making sure. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Well, great. That's, uh, that's nice. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad that you guys, uh, enjoy it and I'm glad that, uh, you know, congratulations on your um, new child and all that stuff, uh, Kelly. And, um, yeah, it sounds like you got a pretty awesome wife. But, I mean, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. If you got a wife like that at home, you got to change your lunch diet. You know? Like, if there was a chance 
for that shit in my house, like, you know, like that, you know, I would be fucking, you know, like if my wife like told me like send me sexting things and said this is what I'm going to get, like I'm, I'm not even, I'm like, I, I might not even eat. I might just start doing push-ups, drink some orange juice, and fucking start doing jumping jacks. I I wouldn't. I, it sounds like, it sounds like you were getting sexting from your wife, sexting messages from your wife, while you were eating fucking barbecue and you know throwing down beans and shit. But uh, thank you. Hilarious, unacceptable. You dude, you should write like shit novels. Like that was like. I didn't even like I that was so you, the, I think the last couple you've written were like you're like a good writer dude. Um all right this one is from Terrence Smith. He says I'm in a subway and a man behind me in line picks up a bag of chips and starts smacking start oh, Okay I I guess I guess you hit the okay starts snacking on them 2 feet behind my head. This ass couldn't wait 2 minutes to pay and go okay and go eat he had to breathe his hot salt and vinegar breath on the back of my neck unacceptable put him in a cage yeah that's the worst man the only thing worse than that is when they spit on you when somebody starts eating in front of you because they're so hungry and they're just spit on you and like pieces fly everywhere and they don't even like that that's a full-fledged animal um all right and uh, i gotta apologize to tim uh k pow uh, Tim, it says here that the, this was an unacceptable from your friend. Had to hashtag it. And then um, it says that the attachment may have been removed. So if you want to send that back, but I just wanted to say that I was going to read it. I just didn't get it. Uh, I didn't get it because it, I guess it was like removed. Um, removed. So sorry about that. Uh, so if you want to send it again, I will definitely do it, uh, Tim. And, um, you know, because I, especially, you know, you took the time out. So I would love to, to read it. I just don't have the, um, you know, the access to it. Okay, here we go. Let's do some, uh, let's do some Twitter ones and then we'll talk about some other shit and we'll get out of here. I know the, the show's going, I mean, the show, the, the show's going great. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, this one is from oh somebody sent me somebody sent me some picture ones all right let's go here uh this is from uh jason travis at real underscore travis d14 i've heard from jason before unacceptable grown-ass man with his wallet on a chain fuck are you nine grow grow the fuck up <laughs> Uh, here's another regular from the show, uh, submissions. Phil Oakley at Phil Oakley 9. Chicks wearing gel-filled bras that make their tits two sizes bigger than they are. That's false advertising. I never understood that. I, one time I saw, uh, one time I saw a woman undressing and I just saw her start taking like multiple tissues and tissues and tissues out. And I was like, what the fuck? It's just like, I mean, just rock what you got, you know? I mean, you don't have to, because if a dude grabs, I mean, I know you're probably thinking you're going out and it's just for show and a dude's not going to grab it, but let's just say shit got crazy and a dude grabs it, he's going to fucking, you know, is he going to blow his nose? Um, okay. This one is from, oh, did I, oh, yeah, I did the Twitter feed. 
I did the Twitter feed. Um, here we go. All right, somebody wrote. Somebody just wrote unacceptable and didn't write anything. Sorry about that. All right, Chris Frost at uh, MN Frosty Boy. Would love to hear thoughts on. Um, okay, would love to hear your thoughts on flossing, brushing teeth in men's room at work. I understand hygiene, but still unacceptable with a question mark. Um. Yeah, you know. What I use, to be honest with you, when I floss, and I'm like addicted to flossing now because I use those gum, the gum sticks. They're like these these little sticks, and at the end there's like this little like rubber, green rubber stuff, and they go like, they're great. They get in between your teeth, and they got like little brushes on them, and they're just, they're easy. They're quick as hell, and you could throw them out, and they make your, your teeth and gums feel strong. So I guess if somebody was doing that, I don't think it's that bad. Um, you know, listen, if you're at work and you have to brush your teeth and floss at work for whatever reason, I mean, I get it, but if you're standing there with the string, just old school fucking stringing it, like looking there and like having to like see people, that's unacceptable. Like, hey, how you doing? Tell ya, fucking, that spreadsheet's something else, isn't it? You know, like you just fucking gums are bleeding down your chin like you just got hit in the face. I mean, that's ridiculous. Okay. This is from Ronnie at Ronnie and then capital PMF. And it says, people who stand halfway in the street and you have to go the extra wide. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. The extra wide uh, while turning because uh, they want to hail a cab. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, when I was at this festival out there, people will stop. Like there's so many people and they'll just stop in the middle of this crowded street to look at something, not even understanding that there's people walking behind them. It's, um, people suck, man. They don't care. People don't care about them. People are selfish. That's what it comes down to. This one is from Steve Barlett. Um, this sounds like a new listener, uh, at Stephen Barlett. And that is with a V-E-N, not a P-H. Barlett, B-A-R-L-E-T. At Paul Brown's unacceptable rooting against your own goalie wearing a home hockey jersey at a hockey game. What are you, a Leafs fan? <laughs> Hashtag are you Hashtag put him in a cage. I like that. Good for you. Good for you, you absolute hockey nut job. But I get it. Speaking of that, I played I played hockey today on the ice. Went to a rink today. I know people were asking me. Uh I am going to be ice skating at Madison Square Garden. I am going to be skating on the garden ice with some ex-Rangers, and that's uh, next week. And then we got tickets to the game. It's going to be this whole thing. And I just wanted to prepare for it. I went on the ice today, full hockey equipment, did not fall, was skating around pretty good, taking some shots on goal. I'm getting better. Back hurts and feet hurt because I wasn't used to it, but um, yeah. It was pretty fun, and I'm going to do it one more time before I I skate on the ice next week. All right, this is from Joseph uh, Marsala, and uh, this is at uh, all caps, DJ Jam Jam 5150. Paul Rosie, I finally went to the corner bar by my house. It's a great place to smoke a stick. Unacceptable. Oh, come to St. Louis. 
I have not been to St. Louis. It's one of the it's one of the few major cities that I have not performed stand up in. Um and yeah, I know I got to be out there. Hopefully I will soon. This one is again, I had to I had to read this one because this one is really bad. Um Jason Travis at Real Travesty 14 sent me a picture. It says, unacceptable. This guy's parking job, instead of using three spaces, get in your fucking cage, you animal. This guy's got an old Hyundai, and all the cars are parked in their spaces, like vertically, and he's horizontal, literally the other way, taking up like two and a half spaces in a Hyundai. All right, this is from... Uh, oh, this looks like a new guy, too. Good, I'm getting some new guys here. Uh, Patrick Skybeck, Skibeck at Pineapple Pat 2. And he says, thank you. Uh, oh, no, this is uh, this is just, I wanted to thank him. Yeah, I remember this. Uh, thank you, Paul Verzi, for keeping me sane with the podcast while I straighten the supermarket shelves for eight hours. Hashtag put him in a cage. Well, here's what you do, Patrick. Next time you're in there, and you're stocking up whatever the fuck you're stopping. Paper towels or baby diapers or fucking olives or whatever it is. Um, you know, put the put the podcast on, listen to it, and then just look for the next unacceptable and then just say just just call it out and, and talk about it. Let me know. You know. If you see somebody doing something, just be like, Look at you. You animal. Don't don't, don't you don't want to do that. I don't want you to get don't get fired and shit. You know, you're fucking fired because you're stocking Kleenex and one thing and all of a sudden you listen to a podcast. But I'm saying, like, do something cool where, like, if you see somebody, like, treat somebody like shit, just be like, you're an animal. And then let me know what happens. I'm putting pressure on you now, Patrick. Next time you're in there, you gotta, you're on a mission to search for dicks. Wait, that sounds really fucking weird. Uh, you're, you're on a mission to stop an asshole. <laughs> Uh, okay what else do we have here do we have all right this is from dustin bell at mind taker underscore every time you get delivery and you get fries that are soggy as a soccer mom's panties watching ryan a ryan gosling movie unacceptable nothing worse than a soggy fries nothing worse than a sandwich with soggy bread which is another thing i had on the airplane uh, this is from Pork Chop at Vales, that's V-A-L-L-E-S 611 at KFC in New Hampshire. And they skip my order four times before they call my name. Unacceptable, maybe because I'm Mexican. Fuckers. By the way, there is nothing funnier. I swear to God, I can't believe that you just said, sent that one. And thank you. Uh, I don't know your name. I guess I'm calling you Pork, pork Chop. But, um, dude, there is nothing funnier than a Mexican, oh my God, we were laughing so hard because Al Madrigal was telling that story that he did on his special about how one of his kids had a gangster coach, oh my God, it was so, check out Al Madrigal on his special, it's hilarious, um, also, you know, the head of All Things Comedy where the Verzi Effect podcast is, please support All Things Comedy, I'm thrilled that my podcast is uh, one of the podcasts that is on All Things Comedy Network. It's the best comedy network, and I'm so thrilled to be uh, in with those guys. So uh, go to allthingscomedy.com, and also 
Um, get him on Twitter at All Things Comedy. But Al Madrigal, super, just a great comic. He was telling this story about how like the guy was like a gangster, like a fucking real gangster coach. And he was like, okay, I understand we got a peanut allergy. And he was just talking about certain shit. And I'm crying. But what I love about certain Mexicans is when they say fucker, it's my favorite thing. It really is one of my favorite things. Like, I love watching, you know, obviously you love watching Italians talk. Because when Italians talk about food or they, you know, do the things with their hands or all that shit, it's amazing. You know, they'll forget about it. Or, what are you out of your fucking mind? Oh, fuck. That. Like, that's that's hilarious. That's one of my favorites. I think old Italians from Boston and New York are, are arguably the funniest people. Um, but I got to tell you, when Mexicans say fucker, it's my favorite. When you're like, I tell you what, fucker, this fucker here, the, oh man, fuckers, or, or homes, um, there's nothing better. We went down, we went down to the taco shop, this fucker tells me get out of here because he had a fight with my cousin, fucker, it's my favorite. What's your problem, homes? And they, and they always sound like they're almost, like they just pulled a groin. Like, I got I to gotta go home, fuckers. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Thank you for the submission. <laughs> oh, that's in my head. I'm going to be doing that all night. What's going on, fuckers? Okay, this is from Reno Bray. At Reno Bray. R-E-N-O-B-R-A-Y. Hipster douche at grocery store saying another snowstorm would be fabulous. Go trim your beard, you ironic, you ironic fuck. I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm with you. These hipsters are fucking brutal, man. I'm not a hipster guy. Okay. Um, let's see here. This is from Rob Fish at Fish R Price. Got into my brother's car. Whole thing was spotless except for this unacceptable animal family. And it's a picture of like splattered something in the, in like, is that a, in, yeah, on the mirror and in the vent where that comes out, um, okay, we'll do a couple more of these and then we'll, we're gonna do a couple more fuckers, all right, this is from David at DJ Leather, D, I'm sorry, DJD Leather, Woman at Target pushing her shopping cart at a snail's pace. Oh, that's the worst. Down the middle aisle while texting. Unacceptable animal. Selfish. That's where you walk past them fast and go, excuse me. Um, this is from Chad Pavic At Chad Pavic P-A-V-I-C-H. Um, at Mario Charmers. I'm sorry. At Paul Verzi, Mario Chalmers needs to abandon the beard. It isn't happening. Unacceptable. Yeah, I didn't even see it. I have not even seen it. <laughs> Thank you for the unacceptable. Oh, yeah. This is from uh, Scotty, and it's at Dallas Gambit, and it's another unacceptable, and it's a picture of a pink Mercedes, which is definitely unacceptable. Um, okay, this one is from... Matt Lockyer, at Pulver's Unacceptable, my mall put up this ugly selfie stands everywhere for narcissistic animals. 
not enough cages. And it's a picture of, I guess, a selfie station or some guys just standing there. I love Sebastian Maniscalco going. <laughs> it's a lonely, not a selfie. All right, uh, this is from... Daniel Taylor at DM Taylor 75. Paul Verzi, uh, it drives me nuts that the NCAA calls the first round of the tourney the second round due to the play-in games. Unacceptable dumb. I thought of that exact same thing today. 100% right. Thank you for the um, thank you for the uh, submission. I'm laughing here because this guy Scotty, the Dallas Gambit guy, sent me a picture. And it is, I wish you guys could see it. There's a guy in a bathroom in front of urinals, passed out on the floor with his legs laying like they're in a fetal position, but his body sitting upright and his head tilted down going the other way. It literally looks like this guy was shot in the head while his leg, it's brutal. Um, okay, I'm going to do a couple more. It's getting crazy now. Uh, Dan Phillips at D3481. Paul, grab card at supermarket and there is a used Band-Aid in it. Unacceptable animals. That's brutal. That is brutal. Then the, okay, uh, Josh Newlove at Josh Newlove, spelled that way. Uh, then the animal left the door wide open without a care in the world. Not noticed. Oh, I guess I missed the first part. Okay, I'm sorry. The first part is person in nice cafe picking at bare feet, then drinking from cup. Why are so many unacceptable foot-related? Why are so many unacceptable examples foot-related? Because it's brutal. Then the animal left the door wide open without a care in the world, not notice how cold and wet London is. They're animals, Josh. They're animals even in London. I don't care how good your guy's accent is. You know? It's actually worse when you're an animal with that proper accent. Um, all right, all right, let's see here, all right, this is from Handles Dan at Dan Pizzini, P-I-Z-Z-I-N-I, why didn't the mob stop being, stop the big-titted girl who kept stomping her, and there was a YouTube clip of, of, oh, of that, the, uh, okay, of the McDonald's girl. Yeah, the McDonald's. I guess there was this chick started a brawl at McDonald's. Oh, what talk about shit show. Okay. Um Justin Moore at JP Moore fifty one eighty four. BJ's wholesale on Saturday or set on Walking Dead. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag zombie apocalypse. Put him in a cage. Um BJ's Wholesale on a Saturday or a set on Walking Dead. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Thank you for the submission. All right. I think that's it. I think we've done it. Yes, we have done it. Uh, I don't know what life hack is. Mary Alice, and that's at O-G-O-C-H-E. Um, W-O-N-T-I-N Foil F-O-I-L And it says Life Hack Unacceptable I don't know Is that a show? Um, Alright guys That's going to be it For the Unacceptables Thank you guys For uh, sending them 
And I was just trying to make sure if there was one more. Because I didn't want to fucking leave somebody out. But I think we ended up getting it. And we are an hour and 15 minutes in. And, um... Okay, hold on. Did I... Did I, I don't know if I did this one. This might be the last one. Okay. Patrick. Patrick of DeBurrow. People at a concert who have a... Oh, yes. that We did that one. So we got it. We got them all. We got them all. That was yours from last time, Patrick. Sorry about that. All right. So those are the unacceptables. Thank you, guys. Hold on. You know what? I just got something as we speak. No, it was not an unacceptable. Okay, great. So thank you, guys, for all the unacceptables. We're all caught up on them. And please send them out, um, send them out on uh, Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday. And uh, it'll be easier for me to get to them. Okay? Um, but, yeah. Uh, please go and support All Things Comedy. All thing, at All Things Comedy on the Twitter. And uh, go to um, allthingscomedy.com. You can see all the amazing podcasts. They're doing some amazing stuff. They actually were out there. Uh, Bill Burr helps out Madrigal. They're the partners of the company. And they were out at South by talking and speaking about it and stuff. So... Um, as far as sports goes, guys, you know, it's March Madness time, a bunch of crazy shit. I just watched Harvard almost beat North Carolina. They lost by, they, they were, they lost by fucking, if this one shot was an inch to the right, they would have lost by one. So they lost to North Carolina, but, uh, what a good game. And, uh, what, what can you say? You got the Yankees coming up. You got the NBA playoffs coming up. And, um, you know, I'm going to try to, I mean, I'm starting to play hockey and I said, I haven't picked a team yet, but if the Rangers, if I meet some of these Ranger guys, like I like that dude, Brendan Prush, that's who I like. And he's on the Canadians cause I met him. He's a fan of my comedy. I hung out with like, he's, we, he's cool. So, uh, that's a dude I really like. So I wish he was on, if he was on the Rangers, I would definitely but I think I'm going to end up skating. Maybe even with like Adam Adam Graves might be there. I don't know. But there's going to be some people there skating. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm sticking with my playoffs. Cavs, Spurs. I got bets with people. I got bets with comedians all over the place that, for that, that the Spurs are going to be in the finals. So hopefully that comes through. And what else? That's it for uh, nothing really... Nothing. I did not see any movies because I was, you know, out there doing shit. And I wanted to go see that Kurt Cobain documentary. But if you guys have any movie recommendations, hit me up and let me know about it. Um, that's uh, that's pretty much it, man. That's pretty much the show. Um, this has been episode 202. Got almost an hour and 20 minutes in. And uh, I had a blast with you guys. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, I'll be back, uh, no traveling and barring any, you know, sickness, uh, flu, whatever the fuck. I'll be back uh, next Wednesday with episode 203. A um, couple of plugs here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'd love for you guys, you know, to come out and see me, Bill Burr. There's also going to be surprise guest drop-ins, my buddy Chris Lamberth. And um, it's going to be a great show at Levity Live um, for... Uh, you know, my late um, brother-in-law who passed away, um, we're going to be doing a benefit for him, the Kevin Lonto benefit, um, you know, my wife's little brother, 
Um, there's three tiers of tickets. The first tier is like right up front, a little expensive, but I think those are almost done. But then you could get good seats because it's a small, it's a small intimate setting, only about 300 and something people. And one of, I think the nicest comedy club in the country. Um, and it's going to be an amazing night and there are tickets still available. If you go to levitylive.com and, uh, March 26th at 7:30, which is a Thursday, I'd love for you guys to come out and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, support and be there, uh, means a lot to me and my family and, um, really just, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an amazing night to raise money, um, in the memory of a, of a great kid. And, uh, so hopefully you guys could come. That is, um, Thursday, March 26th at 7:30. levity live, which is in West Nyack. It's in the, on the top of the Palisades mall. And uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful comedy club. And um, what can I say? You know, it's a great show. Uh, Bill Burr, one of the best in the world, is going to be there. Um, Myself, Chris Lamberth, and we're working on some surprise drop-ins. So it should be an unbelievable night of comedy and uh, a night that means a lot to uh, me, my family, and a lot of people. So if you guys can uh, make it out to that, that would be amazing. That is uh, next Thursday. Also, my album taping. This is a very intimate setting. I'm doing two shows, uh, 8 and 10, at the uh, stand in New York City. And uh, it's about uh, 70 seats apiece, I think, or 80 seats apiece. Um, and that is a Thursday, April 9th, 8 and 10 o'clock shows, my album taping. So come out to that. That should be a lot of fun, too. And uh, for any other shows, updates, and everything, you can check paulverzi.com. Some more dates will be coming out there. And um, some news that I just got was also that um, looks like I will be opening for Bill Burr at the Wilbur Theater in Boston for the whole week of Wilbur Week. So I will be in Boston for the week opening for my buddy Bill Burr. It's going to be an amazing time. It always is. So uh, that I'm going to be there as well. So um, there you go. But more, uh, you know, more updates are coming. And um, I will let you guys know what else. So go to paulverzi.com and that's it. Uh, that's it, guys. Thank you so much. This has been episode uh, 202. Hope you enjoyed it. And until episode 203, I am out of here. Take care.